We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Light years is so fucking crazy to me. It's so crazy. Light years is so fucking crazy to me. It's so crazy. And welcome to Light Years Podcast, day 437 of the quarantine. Andy, Andy has a mustache now. I do. Also, this is our 600th, 600th podcast in the 400 days. So we're really, we're really pushing out content. Send, send Sam a selfie of my stats yesterday. Oh, kind of disturbing. Like, <laughs> I, it's just very, like, big pervert vibes. I'd rather rather not send it on the timeline, but maybe one day. Maybe when we hit, you know, two weeks from now. Probably two days from now when you're bored. It's, dude, it's, it's, there's nothing good about it. There's literally nothing good about it. It's kind of funny we're potting more with no games on. But but then again, no one wanted to watch any of the games this year after Steph got hurt. Yeah, we're just we're, we're, we were uh, we're adequately prepped for uh, potting about non-game material. This this is <laughs> so we're good for. Like we should have done a live stream for the Giants Awards 2012 World Series today. They were they were yeah, doing it's okay. <laughs> um, we will do a rewatch at some point in the next couple weeks, and we're working on um, a few other exciting things, uh, but. Oh, and I want to say this before. We're going to have Sam Vecini on middle of the week, probably Wednesday. So email me or Andy your questions. We're going to do a full draft pod with him. Uh, really ask about all the prospects, kind of how he thinks they would fit into the Warriors if they wouldn't fit in. So if you have any draft questions and you really want to nerd out on that stuff, email us over the next 48 hours. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were going cool. to say something. Cool. Um. And with 
further ado, um, we have a Light Years listener on this week. Um, I'm pretty excited about this. We might actually get more listeners on over the course of it. But Alan, Alan Chizara. Alan, did I pronounce your last name correctly? Yeah, you got it, man. What's up? What's up? Um, so Alan, you reached out to me and um, mm-hmm. it was a really thoughtful email. So I want to start with you are a, first off, you're a lifelong Warrior fan, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Born and raised, baby. Where were you? Uh, where in the Bay were you raised? I was uh, born in Redwood City. I mainly grew up in Mountain View, but my family kind of has been on all sides of the Bay. But I kind of claim the East Bay now because I've been out here since since college. So nice. Yeah. Um, so you're telling me you you, you taught in Oakland and now mm-hmm. you you teach at uh, USF. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm about to be starting as an adjunct professor there in the fall. But I was teaching high school for like ten years, man. So cool. That's, nice. That's so cool. I'm on. I'm on your LinkedIn. I you. Re- I realized that I actually was gonna do. I was actually trying to be a profession. I was. I was majoring in literature and English at a time. So. Oh damn. We we were gonna be the same person. And I decided to pick up yeah, podcasting. Yeah, you, and now you, you chose well, man. <laughs> now here I am. I'm stuck with Sam all day. Save, save me. <laughs> um. So you have a you have a book coming out. So tell us a yeah. little about this book because it kind of piqued my interest when yeah, I heard about sure. it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So um. I, just a little context. I, I quit teaching because it was a lot <laughs> um, and I still love it, but I started just freelance writing. So I moved to Mexico and I've just been writing um, and I actually have a few books coming out. But the one that I'm talking to you guys about, it's called Mid 90s Kamikaze. And it's basically a mix of art, digital illustrations, um, poetry, which is my main thing. And it's about uh, my guy, Sean Kemp, the rain man. Um, yeah, and it just kind of blends like 90s NBA uh, culture, a little bit of like the idea of Greek mythology and heroes and how heroes rise and fall and crash and burn and how as fans, we just kind of get to witness these guys come out of nowhere and build build this storyline almost before our eyes. Um, and Sean Kemp just kind of always called to me. So I, I just, you know, had a lot of free time on my hands and started writing it man and that was that so yeah it's coming out um yeah so alan i think we're kind of in the same age i assume you're in your early to mid 30s yeah right yes sir. um so so we were probably in elementary school at the same time and yeah. i can definitely those uh early to mid 90s sonics teams like that was the number one Hell jersey yeah. you'd see if outside of warriors jerseys one they were just cool two sean kemp was one of just the most exciting players, like one of the first players I really remember. Hell yeah, he was a force, man. And then, um, what was I going to say? Andy and I were were kind of arguing about this off record, but it is kind of funny. Like his, not his biggest claim to fame, but whenever you think yeah. of Sean Kemp yeah. in, a, in a Bay Area context, uh-huh. you think of the dunk on Alton Lister. Yeah. And then uh, Andy, Andy's a little younger than us, and he's he was arguing that Amari's dunk on Tolliver was better. Ooh, man, I don't know. I don't know about that one, man. <laughs> just the uh, I well, I was there at the Amari game. That one was oh, okay. just That's it was okay. well, it was yeah. just fun. It's just funny. It's just it's always funny because you're as a Warriors fan, you're always like, well, you know, growing up, you're like, damn, we fucking suck, and then something Hell like yeah. that happens, and you're like, honestly, I feel bad for Tolliver, but that was pretty fucking Hell cool. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like you know, you, most guys were like, <laughs> most guys in the arena were. They honestly, they like loved it. 
they thought it was great. Like they were like, "Yo, that was sick." That was that you was. You could hear the ooh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now I have a joke with my boys because for so long, I mean, especially growing up in middle school and high school, the Warriors were were a seller seller dweller man for so long. And you guys remember those ads that it was like, "It's a great timeout." Yep. Come and see. You. And it was like they would show highlights of like Kobe Bryant and Shaq and Rasheed Wallace, and I'm like, even as a kid, you're just like, that's kind of sad. Like you're promoting to go watch our players get destroyed. And that's what it was, man. Like, so I don't blame you. Yeah, it was um I, I feel like that was a whole thing in like the nineties and the early OOs. You're like the oh, Warriors yeah. are my team, but my favorite player who I kind of like moonlight stand for in the uh yeah, is yeah. X player on a different team. So who, it sounds like Sean. Us. Yeah. I feel like Sh- so Sean Kemp was your guy. Yeah, no, for sure, man. I mean, come on, in the nineties it was like my one of my earliest memories of my team was Latrell Sprewell literally choking out PJ Carlissimo. And imagine being in elementary school and like kind of asking your dad, like, why is his neck red, dad? And like, why are they interviewing <laughs> that man? And, and that's your team. You know what I mean? It's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> uh, totally. Um, I'm trying to think like, yeah. I And then he also had Gary Payton. He got the local yeah, connection man, on sure. that Sonics De- team. Deadlift shrimp, man. Greatest nice. white NBA player of all time, besides Larry Bird, of course. But well, now know, it's got... Steph Curry, so it's even. You know, it's even... <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn, like that one. I, I yeah. always, I sometimes wonder, like uh, guys, uh, other teams. I'm sure a lot of teams of like fans of like the the Horn. I almost have Bobcats, like the Hornets or the Wizards. I bet you they're probably like yeah, one of my favorite players, probably Steph Curry. Like just because their team sucks, and you're like, you know, what else? What else? Who else am I gonna root for outside of? Outside of those guys, for me, it was always like Steve Nash growing up. I, I loved, I love, love, love Steve Nash. Like that was my guy. Um, even though I was a Warriors fan, that's true. And now, and now he's a now he's a champ. Now he's a championship winner with the Warriors. So you know, and all comes yeah, back a championship around. consultant. <laughs> yeah, quote unquote consultant. He shows up three times a year and kicks a soccer ball and he gets a yeah, gets, yeah. gets a ring. I mean, honestly, he got robbed by the Spurs, so that works out. Like it all. It all, it all works out. For yeah, sure, I was like wonder it. what his consulting is because it's like, all right, you know, Draymond, do this really weird off balance thing and just make ninety nine out of hundred of them. Like, well, he did. Like the, he he taught that. KD that spinning, spinning one legged free throw bullshit that he does in the in the or <laughs> either that or something else. Where I'm just like, what are we doing here? Uh, but it looks cool. I guess it, it looks cool that Steve Nash is in the. Uh, they got Tom Thibodeau visiting too. Like the Warriors just bring on. For real? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. Know yeah, they had they had like Sam Hinkie come in for some stuff. I guess uh-huh. he, but Sam Hinkie like lives in, I want to say East. He, or South he teaches at Stanford, if I remember correctly. He teaches like a, a course or you know like, I, I guess Alan, <laughs> you know better. Was it's like adjunct or something like that. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. he's oh, not okay. like a full time professor. Damn, because he's doing it all, man. All right, let's get back to your book here. So you are giving it away for free or mm-hmm. donation based. So tell our listeners about that. Yeah, so um, basically, I, I had already written the book, to be honest. And like I said, I have a few books coming out. And I didn't want to just like inundate readers with like, get this book, get this book, get this book. So I was actually sitting on this book. But once, you know, COVID broke out, uh, and the NBA suspended that obviously caught a lot of the world's attention, including my own, because it's kind of hard to take things serious when the news is always like, you know, there's this there's this new threat and there's those I don't really keep up with all that so I mean the NBA getting shut down to me was the first time it really got my attention because that doesn't happen often I don't think it's ever happened in history I might be wrong but not in our lifetimes right the only 
The only thing you c- that's comparable was uh, 9-11. They yeah. shut down sports for a week, but yeah, it, very different than a pandemic. <laughs> exactly, dude. So, I mean, I, I was really just kind of in tune with how impactful this was going to be if people were mil- willing to lose, you know, millions and billions of dollars across the world, right? And like FIFA and every every major sports league. Right. Um, so it just kind of got me thinking about like the economic repercussions of what was going to happen, um, let alone the, the health, the obvious health repercussions. So I kind of just started thinking like, what can I do as this no name, you know, like poet guy who's a teacher, um, to try to help out and try to try to give back during these times. So I saw Zion Williamson actually among other players, but he was the first one that I saw that started, you know, he, he, pledged to um, give a certain portion of his salary to pay, I think it was 30 days worth of arena workers in New Orleans. And I used to live in New Orleans back in the day. So that kind of that really kind of inspired me to be honest, dude. And I was like, all right, I'm obviously not not Zion, you know, I mean, sure, <laughs> you know, I'm, I, I'm trying to be the poetic version. <laughs> um, and 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 I was like, but I do have a book and I do have a little bit of a fan base. So I'm just going to give this book out for free as a digital sort of PDF instead of trying to get it published to these other avenues that I'm used to traditionally. Um, and if people want, because they're missing the NBA, they can read this and enjoy it and they can toss in a couple of bucks. You know, like I was asking people like, you know, one, two, three, four, five bucks. You know, I'm not asking for much. Um, and I just threw it out there, man. And and in about. 12 days i think we've raised uh, I, there's a, a co-author by the way he's an illustrator matt mitchell from ohio um we've we've raised no he, he's hella cool man <laughs> i mean I, I mean he's a cool dude but yeah he's a he's a Cavs fan so you know it's kind of like we all have our flaws yeah so, where can we find this though where, where, where the i know you gave us a link but for those that are listening I- yeah it, it's uh it's only available on a, on links so the easiest way to get it honestly is just probably to go to my Twitter page. It's like a crazy ass link with all these numbers and all that. Um, but my Twitter's uh, at Alan underscore Chazaro, um, C-H-A-Z-A-R-O. And you, you'll see it right there, dude. It's probably just the easiest to click on it. Um, and yeah, we've raised close to 400 bucks, which honestly isn't that much, but I'm, you know, just for like people reading poetry um, and I'm hoping to give it to specifically the, the Warriors emergency fund that they started for, for workers that were unpaid during the suspension. Nice. Well, we'll, um, one, uh, when you mentioned that in your email, I was like, I have to get you on the podcast. I sure. share it Thanks, with Andy. Man. He's like, we're doing this for sure. So what we're going to do, we'll tweet out the link to the podcast mm-hmm. Monday morning and we will underneath it, put a link to your Twitter profile and specifically the link to where people can get the digital copy of the book and donate if they want. I think we can raise a lot of money here. Um, If I hear you correctly, it's going 100% to the Warriors Emergency Fund, whatever we raise on this specific book. For the most part, yeah, dude. So this is where Matt comes in. Damn greedy Cavs fans. (laughs) Now, he he was looking into other um, places to send. Um, I think he wants to, he's been trying to get in touch with the Cavs. Whereas for me, my instinct obviously was like, I knew I knew the Warriors already had a fun. And to me, it was just kind of like the easy thing. But yeah, it's between those two teams. Um, and I mean, shit, if anybody else is out there and wants to collaborate and, and you know, for, for an NBA team type of thing, I'm, we're, we're totally open on this process. 
But either way, it's going to um, some sort of relief for people who are going to sure. lose income. Okay, people, yeah, that's all that, that matters. It. Obviously, yep. we're, we're near and dear and want to help the people at Chase, but I don't. For sure, man. There's 30 arenas. Every one of them, you know, has people who are losing income who could use a little support. For sure. No, actually, I'm going to just give this all to Mark Cuban, guys. Is that cool? <laughs> <laughs> Get it's yourself a nice little startup. Yeah, a little startup fun. Hey, I uh, no, I think this is amazing. I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people just stay online and kind of say that they'll do stuff without actually doing anything. It's good that you're cool. coming up and actually actually doing something to help people out. I think uh, uh, donating blood is something that people can do as well. Just there's a mm. lot of stuff out there. Volunteering, sure, um, there's a lot of stuff. This this for sure. We'll throw it in the link as well. I am curious because I'm looking at the email. Uh, I mean, you're a first generation um, uh, first generation Mex- Mexican American. Yeah, Sam yeah. and I are first gen as well. Uh, though, sure. though Persian and Chinese, but do you have a story? You get we we try to do like every couple podcasts. Uh-huh. People ask us for a good immigrant parent story. That could be like that could be <laughs> anything. Do you have one that that our listeners could uh, could relate to? Because I know a lot of our listeners are are first second gen. Yeah, no, it's hella funny because you know you guys are are my favorite Warriors podcast for many reasons. But I I told my brother I was like these are like dudes we grew up with man like all my friends were we're all first generation we all were kind of like learning the ropes growing up you know what I mean in, in the U S um, I kind of have a, a more of like a weird upbringing because being Mexican American you would think that or most of my friends that are Mexican or Mexican American you know live in a traditional household and their parents are right. are working like. And both of the parents are there because, you know, Mexican Catholicism is has like a freaking chokehold on the on the community in, in the sense that, like, <laughs> you know, like it, you live by the rules and you die by the rules type of thing. But um, my mom actually was super alternative and she she left us when I was like two or three, I think. And I never grew up in a house with with a female. It was always just me, my dad and my older brother. And because of that, sports really became like a true glue for me because there was there wasn't that like, you know, I didn't my sister never lived with me. My mom never lived with me um, and my dad never remarried or he never even had a girlfriend in the house that he brought home. So you can imagine growing up in a house um, with just all guys. So it was like ESPN 24 seven, like sports was like a religion, man. It was it was our our food. It was our culture. It was every conversation to this day, to be honest. Um, and I think because of that, like I really got a strong sense of sports being like a, a real part of my identity that I was like, all right, you go home, you hang out with the boys and you talk about the game and and that's it, man. You know, you play Madden and hit a blunt maybe occasionally once you get older. And <laughs> that that was like the circle of my life, dude. Sounds like Sam's life right now, actually. <laughs> Sounds just, just yeah. about perfect. I mean, uh, that sounds like all of our lives now. Only it's just repeat of old games yeah. all the time. So you can't. You, you literally just can't do anything else. At uh-huh. yeah. point. I was well prepared, man. I was well prepared. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, best. You said you lived all over the Bay Area, so I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I grew up in San Francisco, so that's all I know. Nice. Best Mexican spot in SF. Damn, in other words, the thing we argue about more off, like outside of sports. I mean, I feel like I'm going to give a hella like stereotypical answer because I don't I don't know the city like that. I mean, I know the popular one is what El Farolito or whatever it's called on the mission sure. mission. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, uh, man, I don't that's, know. Dude. I'm, I'm more I'm more of like uh, because I'm more based in the East Bay. I'm more like taco trucks in East Oakland type of thing, you know, and I, I always nice. tell people like I'm all for the mission. Don't get me wrong, but. 
I mean, it is, it's become something else. I think we can admit at this point, but right. You know, you can still go to like Richmond and East Oakland and find some like real, real like Mexican food trucks that aren't trendy and there aren't, you know, like Yelpsters there. So I usually go to spots right. like that. To be <laughs> that is a big one. That is a huge <laughs> one. Uh, as, as I've grown up here, uh, just really in the last like 10 years, it, it's, it's your look on Yelp and that's when it's like, you start to realize like that's probably maybe not the best yeah, yeah. way to find the best. For well, it's, it's just like, yeah. I'm sure Andy, you know, it's like, because you, you Yelp something you don't know, but like when it's your own community, like you don't, yeah. you don't look at Yelp for Chinese food, you know, the best spots that like, and you want to keep them almost unknown for sure, to man. the yeah. people chasing them. Hell yeah. That's a, that happens a lot in Chinatown too. There's cause they, they opened up like a new one called China live in Chinatown. Right. And it's just basically like really kind of fancy Chinese food. And then like, yeah, like yeah. it's just packed with people. And then you look at the couple of Chinese restaurants around it and it's like, those are really fucking good, but there's no one there. And that's like the, that's just basically like Yelp and marketing and Hell stuff yeah, like dude. that, where you just kind of like, you kind of want to gatekeep it a little, honestly. And so it's like, so it's like, uh, You're trying to walk that line between like, okay, I don't want you guys to go out of business, but I also don't <laughs> want everyone to know about you. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's tough, man. It's real. It's real. I have a lot of friends like that too out here. I think we're all in the same boat with that where we're just kind of, we all, we all have like our family spots and right. the spot with the homies, but I'm not out here, you know, like trying to, trying to, trying to change neighborhoods either. So I'm keeping it, I'm keeping it quiet. It's like, I'm not a hero. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not a hero, but, 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 but donate. Yeah. Uh, yeah donate but please donate. The, <laughs> for the, uh, for the people that do need help. No, that, that's awesome, man. Um, I love, I love what you're doing. Me and me Appreciate and Sam, it. we, we probably should have, probably should have done it. We're just assholes. We're just, we're just, <laughs> we just turn out podcasts. That's all we, that's well, no, all you inspired us. It's perfect. And actually I'm looking at the illustrations now. Shout out for the Reeboks, the, um, oh yeah, the Kamikazes, man. That's where the yeah. title comes from. Obviously. <laughs> I remember those shoes. Yeah, um, I, I don't know if Andy remembers them, but I remember I being in middle those. school and not being able to buy them. Yeah. Those and the, um, few years later, the, uh, the questions. Oh yeah, dude, same, same. Like I never actually I wanted. Ooh, never had those, but always wanted them. Yeah, because they're like 120, or they were like they're well over 100 dollars, oh, yeah. and that's just a that's an aggressive ask when you're 12 years old to your parents. Like, I need some hundred dollar sneakers. <laughs> I, uh, I wanted. I was, it, it was in high school. No. I wanted the Kamikazes, but it was too expensive. I ended up getting like the. Low, I played in low dunks. I played in Nike dunks, the low low top. I should say classics. What what uh? Can I you're ask? You're playing you in the low top. You're playing the low tops when you're in middle school. Middle school and into high school, it was not smart. Hey, I was gonna say, can I ask you guys what? Just since the topic came up, what what were the first like signature player sneakers that you remember getting? Because I remember for me, it was the Jason Kids when I was in like maybe fourth grade, and that was pretty much the pair that I had until I was like an adult. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But they were hella random. I I don't know like too many people that had the the Jason Kid. They were like Nike Air Maxes, but. Do you guys I, remember your I've first never, pairs? I've never even... I'm not a shoe guy. Yeah. I mean, man, damn, Sam may be more of a shoe guy than me. I'm just not at all a shoe guy. Yeah. I wore I wore the Nike, the low Nike Dunks. I wore Superstars. Uh, so I never... I only wore that type. I may, for sure, I wore for sure. the Stephs, the first Stephs, uh, like, I want to say, like, two, three years after college. Yeah, but I, I feel like yeah, that's man. different because once you're making your own money, you can... Yeah, yeah. That's the only yeah, reason how I could get them. Yeah, exactly. And then I told my ACL on them. So thanks, Steph. <laughs> <laughs> when you're a kid, it's yeah. We're gonna have to delete that. We can't. We can't let anyone know that Steph was making an inferior product. Um, <laughs> I definitely remember. No, because it's it is relevant. Because when you're a kid, like 
I mean, all these sneakers were expensive. Whatever it was, it was really expensive for yeah, the time for sure. when you were a kid. I'm looking up exactly which ones they were, but they were um, the first ones I had were night. Uh, Bark Charles Barkley's signature Ooh. shoes. All people. I was Damn. in seventh grade or sixth grade. Seventh grade, yeah. And I might even tweet out a picture of it later. There was a specific pair, <laughs> and it's it's driving me insane that I can't remember the name of it right now. Um, but I got them, and you know, like every, any other kid, thought that thought it was like the coolest thing in the world for like a month, and then like some new signature came out, and I wanted that, but yeah. you know, the parents were like, no. But I'll just I specifically remember that some Charles Barkley one maybe air force max like 97 or something something in that realm the bulky was, era what was that the bulky era they were like super oh, like yeah. fat and high toppy and thick oh they were for sure high tops and my mom hated them um and they were yeah bulky is the best way to put it they were uh everyone knows the like the adidas kobe's the ones mm-hmm. that look like uh um like a, a uh, taxi cab on your shoe, on your foot, <laughs> like that. Like that was like every shoe in the late nineties, early oh, yeah. All right, man. Um, cool. Before you get out of here, let's, let's talk about one more time so they can check you. They can find the link on your Twitter at Alan underscore Chazaro. Mm-hmm. You spell right. that? Uh, C-H-A-Z-A-R-O. Perfect, man. All right. Well, we appreciate it. We're going to pump out the link with this podcast too. And hopefully if if our listeners are able, um, donate a few bucks, let's raise some money. Cool. All right. Appreciate it, fellas. Much love. Support what you do. The bay's behind you. You're the people's champs. (laughs) I love it. Thanks, brother. All right. Bet online. We are back uh, this week. So as you all know, currently no NBA, no NHL. No MLB. Although if you're betting on NHL, you are degenerate. Uh, you, so you might think there's nothing to bet on. You're wrong. So our cl- exclusive partner, Bet Online, we've been having them for the last month plus. Still has hundreds of sports events and games to wager on. So you can let them bring Vegas to you. They have an online casino and blackjack, uh, and they're all open 24 hours a day. I know I've been sleeping at like 2 a.m. every day. So um, I do some of this on my uh, my time off. Uh, including their $750,000 poker series. And if you're into props and entertainment betting, this is pretty cool. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, uh, stock prices. And uh, so we're going back up next to the new, uh, new stimulus package. We're going to get Sam's thoughts on it. Unless, unless we're not. But you know what? Two ways to bet it. You make your choice. Exactly. Uh, and you can even bet on the weather. Uh, for some reason, it's fucking raining today in San Francisco. Uh, you, so know you, what visit- you know what I've been doing most, though, with Ben Online is I've just been playing the, the poker. Yeah, what do you play? Text Totem? No Limit? Of course. Classic. Classic. Uh, Sam's a type to, bl- uh, to bluff with an inside straight draw, dude. Just a scumbag <laughs> asshole. Uh, so you can visit their website, betonline.ag. You can join today and receive a 100% welcome bonus uh, with your first deposit. Be sure to use promo code BLUEWIRE, BetOnline, your online wagering experts you do seem like a poker player um are you just saying that because of my cousin antonio <laughs> uh no it's just he's not, not he's not my cousin i actually the most common tweet i get um is ev- once a week someone will go like you know at samus fendiari hey are you related to antonio is this fendiari <laughs> a common persian last name no but it's not so uncommon i mean how many fendiaris do you know i don't and, know any i don't know any persian people well just, a couple and it, yeah, you know me and you know my cousin. That's it. So, <laughs> yeah. um, 
Uh, like, I mix it up. I got a couple Lebanese friends. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, they're a person too. And it's like, I'll get in trouble one day, I'm sure. Anyway, no, it's not that <laughs> common. And um, the most famous SVNDR, at least in American culture, happens to be the guy who won the World Series of Poker. So. I mean, he's also really fucking... I used to watch his... He's really close friends with... Uh, what's his name? Phil Locke? I used to watch their... Uh, he's pretty entertaining. Theater. Yeah, they're just... Uh, they, they bet on like... They would bet on random stuff. They had a YouTube series uh, years ago. When I was a huge, like, I was, like, watching Tom Dwan play cash game poker. Uh, just, I, I just, I don't know what I was doing, man. I just... So, so actually, I'm not a big card player. Like, uh, I play a little bit, but obviously, um, without the ability to play sports and with my bet online account, I'm, I'm playing a little more these days. Um, and quite frankly, I just need things to do. The, uh, so, somehow, somehow the girlfriend walks in and she's like, so where did this week's rent go? I had an open-ended flush draw. What do you want me to do? I had to bet it all on the river. <laughs> I, I had, I had to do it. I actually quit a long time ago, but I'm, I'm betting too, but not. I can't do poker anymore. It's just, it's just, you know, you go on tilt a couple times in your life, and, uh, and you realize this is not for me. That's what happened. I see. I have discipline with cards. Um, I'm, I'm not a heavy gambler, so, you know, it's good. I'm, I'm not, I'm not blowing mortgage payments. So, <laughs> um, and I hope you're not either. Um. We want to thank Alan again for coming on. Uh, if you're interested, we will tweet out the link. So if you want to get a digital copy of his NBA book uh, with the illustrations, or if you just want to donate, um, it's a good cause. I'm going to be donating. Andy t- already told me he's matching full donations. We get 5,000 raised. He'll throw five on top of it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, everyone has a different kind of financial threshold, but if you can give a little, that'd be great. Yep, yep. I think I think it was awesome. And he was a, a old school Warriors fan. Um, he just came in here talking about Sean Kemp dunking on the Warriors, and so I was just like, "Cool." Oh. Yeah, so out of, out of um, my realm right there, but I loved it. That was amazing. It's it's like a little before your time, but yeah, um, it's that's like my wheelhouse right there. What I was gonna say is, um, let's let's, I guess we'll we'll do a little uh, mid level exception stuff right now, um. Again, I want to reiterate it. We're going to have Sam Vecini from The Athletic, their main draft guy on, on Wednesday. And we want um, you guys to email us any questions you have on prospects. Obviously, we're going to ask, you know, Obi Toppin's a name we've heard a lot. Anthony Edwards a name we heard a lot. Um, we'll, we'll go down the list. We'll hit everyone. But if anyone has any specific draft questions, my email's in my Twitter profile, your email's in yours. Send them over. We'll read them. Yeah, I can't wait for that draft one. I, 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 I'm so excited just... Now that I know, now that I think I know a little bit about guys, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. And Sam's always got a Sam's on the athletic as well, so I think like most of our listeners probably subscribe. But but uh, we're not talking draft today. We're talking uh, guys that we we think might be two spe- two specific names. To be honest, so um, two of my favorite. The taxpayer mid level is going to be about six million. Um, you know, assuming NBA ever comes back, we're gonna we'll be back next year. Um, and I think because most teams spent last summer, there's just not a lot of teams with cap space. So that means there could be some vets who would typically get more money than that willing to take that because it's only like, you know, 10 to 20% lower than what they can get. And they're like, man, I'd rather go to a situation where I could win a title than get an extra little bit to, you know, not compete for a title. And so the two names you and I were arguing about were Paul Millsap and Marcus All. 
Uh, both of them are worth more than the taxpayer mid-level, but both of them are 35 next year. Um, they'll turn 36 at some point during next season. So I don't know that they're going to get multi-year offers from anyone. Like, do you, they, I, they could theoretically get like the Iguodala type of deal, like one big year, but they might not. They might be available for that taxpayer mid-level. So I, I guess I want to start with you. If you had to pick one of those two, which one would you prefer and why? Yeah. Um, well, I, th- I think the Warriors have a decent shot shot at them too, just because with, with what's going to happen with the monies in the NBA, you might have a lot of teams not want to spend money and not want to stay in the tax, stuff like that. So I think it may be feasible. If I had to pick one, I'd probably pick Marcus All just because I don't think either guy is going to finish games. And so if I want to pick a guy that's going to be able to start games and play the most amount of minutes and be effective, it'd probably be Gasol just because they don't have a center or a center that they can rely on. Uh, he's a good passer. He doesn't really need the I mean, ball he, ever. He, he's a perfect fit for the system. Perfect. I think Steve Kerr would probably pick Marcus. And he can hit. And he can hit shots now. He's a forty yeah. percent on three this year. That might be a little higher, but like he's pretty mm-hmm. reliable too. Right. No ISOs. Nothing like really low. Like low kind of. You don't need any usage out of the guy. Um, I think Millsap a he'll, lot of he'll his have value a random twenty point game, but he's impactful when he has one of those five point games too like Bogut was for example my favorite it's my favorite player I mean I mean Mark's one of my favorite players uh in the NBA just because I I like I would like to think of myself as playing like him but it's it's Millsap just seems like a lot of his value was out of kind of isolation and kind of like his his ability to draw contact fouls points stuff like that and I don't know if the Warriors need that as much he almost kind of reminds me of Millsap a little bit I think that was our our comp um, though Millsap was a lot better. Millsap was a lot better in his prime, obviously, than Pascal. Um, that's so, definitely like if Pascal maximizes, that's the type of player God, I think we hope he'd be like. Yeah. Um, something to keep in mind, Marcus all shooting 40% on threes this season. He's been a little injured this year. Only played 36 games. I think they played probably 65 before the shutdown. Um, but since 2016, so we'll call it, for the last four seasons, when he really started taking threes, 37%, which sounds about right. He can hit an open shot. Not going to hit him like Clay, but 37% for the center who can pass. I mean, how many guys can do that? It's a very short list. Yeah. Um, is that your guy too? Because that's – I'm, I'm very – I'm very – I wanted more. I, he was one of the reasons why they beat uh, the Warriors uh just there they had an incredible bench and he was one of those guys where you can play him you can get away with playing him even in crunch time or in big minutes um and i, I don't yeah, it's see a little that. situational right like maybe you don't have him close against houston's small ball lineup but you got draymond to do that um but you know you go against a team that's bigger you know marcus all can hang against all of them um i want to get to Millsap because Millsap's interesting because for most of his prime he was probably the number two guy to Draymond in terms of that small ball, do it all for type of guy. Um, better scorer, but uh, just not quite as good at the high end stuff Draymond does. But like he did make All NBA second team the year as Draymond made the first team, so he's he's pretty good. And I guess the one thing he would give you is. You could see a Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Millsap, Draymond, small ball lineup closing. I think that's still possible in 2020, 2021. He'd be probably playing 20 minutes a game off the bench. But I guess if you got Millsap, you'd be committing to playing a lot more small ball. 
which they're already committing to playing a fair amount of small ball, I believe, uh, next season. Uh, I, I think you can play Marcus all at the five and close lineups like that too, just because, like you said, he can shoot threes. So it's not as bad as if, you know, he was like a David West or a Zaza Pachulia kind of big where they just can't extend that far. So I think you could get away. Bill Sapp, I think, well, he shoot a more little. defense, right? Yeah. Yeah, but he's, he's still a, he's still a smart defender who's it's kind of like 35-year-old Bogut in a lot of ways. You're like there's some situations where you just can't have him on the floor. The NBA isn't I guess I guess you can get away with that maybe in today's NBA more so than before. Um perhaps. Um like I I don't know if he's guarding uh Anthony Davis or someone like that, but certainly like if they're throwing out Dwight Howard or JaVale McGee, like that he can stay on or same with like Zubach for the Clippers and then Brooke Lopez uh, for the Bucks. So I, I think, I think he'll be okay uh, there. It just, it feels like he also has more left in the tank. Mark does the Millsap. Uh, Millsap's I will, number I will has say been, this for Millsap. He's, he's playing 24 minutes a game right now, which is basically the same that Gasol is. They're both going to be closer to 20 than 30 minutes next year. Um, Averaging 12 points and six rebounds in 24 minutes. So he's basically producing at the same level he has in the past, just in smaller minutes. Shooting 44% on threes this year. I don't know that I call that sustainable. But Career if you look 34%. At it, yeah, if you look at it, he's about 35% for the last five to six years, um, which is when he also started taking a bunch of threes. Uh, but one the thing he he can do is he is a little more versatile. He can switch still. He can do – he lets the Warriors do more of what they like to do when they're at their best. So the, the question for me comes down to do you want more versatile pieces or do you want a different type of piece so you can mix and match better? Yeah, so I think the question would then become if you're Steve Kerr and Bob Myers is if you get Millsap, he has the upside to close with you. If you get Gasol, he's going to be more that placeholder big man. He's not going to be like more, – more often than not, he's not closing. He, he's going to be Bogut, West, Pachulia. You're going to play him the first six minutes of a half, but outside of that, like maybe he'll get another couple minutes and a half, but that's it. With Millsap, you would think Draymond at the five, Millsap at the four, Wiggins is best at the three, and then you got the other two guys. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think they might go that route. I think they would probably elect to go that route with Millsap. I, I guess the question with Millsap is does that stunt Pascal? Oh, right, I forgot we were going to talk about this, uh, and I had a take. I don't think so. I, I don't. Pascal has to be good enough to take those minutes away. That's up to Pascal. You don't. You don't not pick someone up because you're like, okay, that's gonna take away from him. If Pascal's good enough, he'll take Millsap's minutes. Uh, at least that's my opinion. We don't know Steve Kerr loves his vets, but it, 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 that's how I feel. Yeah, I feel like the way I see it is if they get Millsap and Pascal progresses, they basically have to play small ball half the game. So think of it this way. You got you got uh, 48 power forward minutes and 48 center minutes. That's 96 total minutes, right? You're going to have Draymond play at least 30 minutes. If those other two guys, Millsap and Pascal, eat up 20 minutes each, that's another 40 minutes. Now you're already talking about there's only 25 minutes a game for like a pure center. Like if you want to play Looney, if you want to play a Zaza type, you want to play Marquise Chris, whoever it may be. So what you're really saying is if everyone pans out, you're playing you're playing small ball half the game. Uh, I think at this point, 
at this point to me with the Warriors, it's almost three years ago, you can argue you don't want to wear them down. At this point, it's like, well, if you don't want to wear them down, what are we doing here? It's not like the Warriors have 10 years left. You, I think you just play your best players. Uh, you play your best lineups, even if it's a small ball thing. And most guys, most guys aren't that big anymore anyway. Um, although P.J. Tucker is kind of wearing down, but they're just throwing him out there to play 40 minutes at the five. I think you're okay with that, the Warriors. You, can, you don't have to play him that much at the five. I think you can get away with uh, – uh, get away with those those small ball minutes because I just don't think the rest of the league is that it's gonna punish you that much. You know, there's not many Marcus Alls left. Those grit and grind teams out there that are really gonna punish you in today's NBA. And I think when when they do play those teams, Steve Kerr is probably not gonna play uh, small ball that much just because he understands the wear and tear. Um, I guess best Pro- case scenario, probably not in like a December twelfth game, right? I guess best case scenario is they trade for one and then they sign the other one uh, for the <laughs> for these two players. Yeah, I mean it's an interesting question. I think we I think we both agree though they're like your best case scenario for the taxpayer mid level. Uh vets who used to be all stars who are now more like seventh, you know, like more in the Igudala Bogut role where they're playing like twenty minutes a game. Um, I think yes. I think from a mindset perspective, I think we do need to note that a lot of players do want to come play for a ring. They do want to come play for a championship. Marcus all won one already, Millsap has not. But I think like this is where it's a, it's pretty cool to have Steph Curry on your team, right? Like people want to play with him, um, and Clay, and Clay, uh, Draymond, yeah. eh, maybe not. Yeah, he's he's probably not going to be at the pitch meeting. <laughs> Although he's he's uh, he's helped the Warriors close a few players. Right, that's right. No, most notably the best player that they've had in the uh, that they've ever recruited. So I I uh, so I think that's going to be cousins? part of it as well. <laughs> I see KD recruited cousins, right? That was part of it. Uh, it was, all did, but, it was a story, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, so it's kind of a fundamental exercise to me. It's like, do you want the player who's different than what you have being a traditional five, or do you want the vet who's more versatile and like plays better to your playoff closing lineups, even though you know it'll be a little bit of a uh, juggling act in the regular season to not wear all those guys down. Yep, and you, th- might, you might play a little more Marquise Chris in the regular season than you need to. Than you need to, than you want to. But they will. I think they will. I don't think that. I don't think that you have to take Eric Pascal uh, into consideration for a move like this, though. I, I just I don't think Pascal's that good. Um, it, he's not good enough to warrant. What? He's not good. Sorry, he's not good to warrant. Hey, you're a closer already. Type of type of feeling. Right, like you're, he's not good to say. Yeah, he's probably the closing four next year. I don't feel that way at all. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, like he's in the rotation. You yes. know, he can at least give you good minutes, but you're not convinced that you need to consider like, all right, now we have our small ball four for closing lineups in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, and that's a high standard too, right? right. But it's like he he can get there. Like I think a lot of Warriors fans. Might be looking at it from like a uh, classic Warriors rose tinted. Like they see a good prospect, that's that's the guy. They want to uh, rush the uh, the cares before the horse. They they want to do it. Yeah, they want to. But I I just don't like. I've seen some stuff. I've seen. It's like uh, I don't know. We're gonna have to wait. He's a little older, but it's like if I can get if you can get your hands on someone like Paul Millsap, I that's my guy. Like that, get him or Marcus Alt, get him right. Like 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 Terrence Ross. Get why did I say Terrence Ross? I. Yeah, we don't need him. We uh, um, we're too we're too deep in the uh, in the quarantine. Fuck. 
we are too deep in the quarantine. Um, I think we'll leave it with this. Again, uh, draft pod with Sam midweek, end of the week. Email those questions. You got anything else? No, I think we're good. Um, we'll, be, we'll be back in a couple days. Uh, Ten podcasts a week for our listeners. That's what we're here for. Nonstop, Sam. <laughs> <laughs>